This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck, or maybe sit in the dining room, delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're going to love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food and also the great staff. I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com, by the way, which has been having um, really like almost record traffic. We've uh, really boosted our efforts, the number of stories, original video. Uh, it's all happening at the website, dipetro.com. And as far as original video, uh, you can see his actions are just de despicable. And that is, I have all the videos. We were able to get them of Pawtucket police officer Dolan and his arrest in Coventry. And you see him in the cell. You see him being uh, questioned by the Coventry police. His actions are just so beyond the pale and appalling. He is, granted, he was <clears throat> severely apparently intoxicated, but he was obnoxious. He was overbearing. He was rude. He was condescending. I don't know where this guy thinks. You, you want to talk about a loose cannon. You want to see Pawtucket police officer Dolan. I mean, the guy is just out of, completely out of his mind. And clearly someone that does not belong being on a police force. That much we know. So you can check it all out at the website, DePetro.com. Now, other news. Governor McKee has a big announcement. Now, most of the time, fanfare, call a press conference, have the press come in kind of a last second type thing many times and i've spoken to different people in office a lot of times these last minute things it's because they have a big announcement and word is leaking out uh, most of the time this level of announcement has to do with the fact that they are announcing that let's just say like a major fortune 500 company is coming into an area and i'm talking about if if you go to other states Right. Like you go to wherever, Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, New Hampshire, where, wherever. And they're announcing that, the you know, it's a last second, quick, major announcement. It's normally they have a big announcement regarding jobs, a company coming into the area and word is starting to leak. Uh, maybe a reporter had started to inquire about it. And as a result of that, they figure we might as well quickly make the announcement and let the cat out of the bag before we get scooped and then there's no point instead when in rhode island governor mckee it's to announce they're cleaning a statue folks this is I, i'm well aware of the history of the independent man many people regard me the independent man um, i remember I was, I don't remember how old I was or exactly, but I remember when he came down and they were cleaning him. And I remember he was at, I think, either Warwick Mall or Rhode Island Mall. And you could go and, and see it before they put it back up. I have on my property a, a replica statue of the independent man. It's pretty good size. And I mean like four feet high. I also remember the part that about that that just sticks out in my mind. It was on the news was they brought some children from the Rhode Island School for the Blind and they could feel the statue because they couldn't see the statue. Okay, so they're going to clean the statue on the top of the Rhode Island State House. This is the big announcement. This is the big announcement that Governor McKee calls for this. What, what, there's going to be a follow-up press conference this afternoon announcing they're cleaning the stairs and cutting the grass later. What, what, what is this? This is absolutely ridiculous. This is not a major announcement. It's an announcement. It's not a major announcement. I, I, um, I mean, this is just beyond the pale. But again, he's grasping at straws. He has no big announcements. 
He has nothing to announce. The governor's trying to find his footing. He's trying to remain relevant. They thought, we're going to put stuffies around in different airports around the country. But a major announcement is you're going to get the statue cleaned and it's going to come down. That's, um, I, I, I recognize he feels this is major history. People are going to be traveling. He said from all over the world to come see it. I, um, I, I, I'm not sure about that one. I think that's a little bit of a, of a reach. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Check out DePietro.com. We have merchandise, all the shows, video, exclusive stories waiting for you right there at DePietro.com. AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement. Call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401-323-9252. 323-9252. AJ, drywall, plasters, home improvement, frame to finish basements. What a difference it'll make in your basement. Acoustic ceilings. Look how beautiful your ceiling could be. New homes, additions. Also, commercial rehabs, painting, remodeling contact them today it's a family-run business aj drywall plaster home improvements call for a free quote what a difference they'll make in your home your ceilings floors basements 401-323-9252 what a difference beautiful walls and ceilings 401-323-9252 you can also find them on facebook it's AJ Drywall Plaster and Home Improvements for your home or business. He's John D. Petro. He's really in the know with his talk show on your radio. He's John D. Petro. Tune in your radio. Go get him, Johnny D. Remember to log on to DePetro.com. We have original stories, original videos, also links to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Plus, you can get some great merchandise in the shop. Log on DePetro.com. Folks, you're listening to the John DePetro Show weekdays. We start at 11 we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is topetro.com. Time for our legal segment. Joining us right now is our legal expert, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's start off the big news. Hunter Biden, finally, apparently, the president's son has been indicted. Yes, finally, he's been indicted. Um, I, I think that this development makes a lot more sense than the potential plea deal that had been put before a judge a couple of months ago. The new indictment um, has three counts all related to his purchase of a, I believe it was a Colt revolver. Um, At the time of the purchase of that firearm, he um, signed and certified on a federally mandated form that he was not a user of any illegal um, narcotic or addicted to any narcotic or other controlled substance. Um, That was a false statement. And that was utilized by Hunter to go buy this um, uh, Colt revolver. Uh, And the the guy, you know, I I question his business business acumen, but also his common sense because after he buys it, you know, he's a known crackhead and he's got pictures of himself with the weapon, like on his Facebook page yeah. and other and other social media. So, you know, he wasn't a very good criminal. Um, the new charge charges, I should say, are far more significant um, to compare and contrast the deal that fell apart. He had been charged with two misdemeanor counts um of failing to pay taxes on uh, returns for a couple of years. The, um, the, the one felony gun charge, okay, um, would have been dropped if he had um, taken the deal on the two misdemeanor tax charges and he would have received a diversionary sentence 
regarding the gun, meaning if he stayed out of trouble for two years, that gun charge would have simply disappeared. So that was a wonderful, beyond belief deal for Hunter. Fell apart at sentencing because the judge finally uncovered the fact that if that deal had gone through, Hunter would have been absolved and could not have been prosecuted for anything else that the feds were investigating at the time, which could include a significant amount of potential criminal conduct. So the judge said, no, 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 we're not doing that. This new indictment, two of the gun charges um, carry a federal sentence of up to 10 years. Now, is he going to get 10 years? No. Um, The third charge has a maximum um, penalty of five years. Is Hunter likely to get any prison time for this, assuming that this thing were to be plea bargained away? Highly unlikely. I, I would say it's almost a certainty that this would not be a jail case for the president's son. But this really ups ante in terms of the criminal um, exposure that Hunter is subject to, John. The other thing is when this indictment was announced, David Weiss, the special prosecutor, um, made a point of saying there could be more charges to follow. So is Weiss now finally doing his job and really digging into this Hunter Biden thing? I mean, as we all know, there's been many questions about how Weiss has been handling this. Is he really independent? Is he, you know, taking his marching orders from Merrick Garland? Um, As we do all know, for some of uh, Hunter's tax cases in significant years, um, the, the feds, the Department of Justice, knowingly allowed the statute of limitations to expire. So for some of the apparent or at least alleged criminal activity that Hunter was engaged in, he cannot be prosecuted because his actions are now outside of the applicable statute of limitations. Um, What will this do for him going forward? Well, he's on bail. Um, If he were to commit any further crimes or be arrested for anything, He would risk incarceration as a violator of his bail. And now he's looking at uh, significant felonies versus, you know, relatively speaking, insignificant misdemeanors that he was just going to walk away from. He's not going to walk away from these. Tim Dodd, at the same time, uh, Kevin McCarthy, they're talking about impeachment proceedings against President Biden and Granted, we don't know everything, but would it be fair to say that right now, based on everything that we've seen, there's a lot of innuendo, but you tell me what seems to be missing is truly like the smoking gun that would involve the president. Just as an example, I mean, it it does seem to be that Hunter Biden was almost running kind of a con that he would, you know, give these people that he was doing business with the impression that that the father was in on it. He would call the father while he was with these people. But unless I've missed something, they, they still don't have full knowledge that the father tell me the, the, like the, you know, the proof you would need in court that he truly knew and was in on it. Yes. I, I agree with you that um, the Republican committees investigating this whole situation haven't quite closed the circle based upon the available information. Right. I mean, you do have Tony Bobulinski, yep. who the media has completely ignored. You do have that other guy, Devin, I can't think of his last name, Hunter's business partner, who basically puts Joe Biden in on the conversations where these business um, um, dealings were discussed. You do have uh, then Vice President Biden um, going to dinners and being on calls, and then miraculously, in short order, money's come into the Biden family and the um, into foreign entities soliciting favor um, th- through Biden. I mean, through Hunter, I should say. Um, they get what they want. So that is not proof. 
that yeah. you know you can kind of string it together and it all right. sounds plausible now certain individuals out there who are defenders of the president would say there's no evidence okay well so far there's no evidence because much of the information that is being sought uh, the FBI is saying we're not at liberty to share this material. Sure. Um, so there's a certain bit of stonewalling going on. So yeah. it's easy to say there's no evidence when the potential available evidence um, sources like the FBI are resisting producing it. Um, there's also a very Byzantine sort of um, financial scheme, it appears anyways, that's been set up by the Biden family writ large. I mean, James Biden has accounts. Um, Hunt, uh, Joe Biden's children seem to have accounts. Grandchildren seem to have accounts. Um, there's money being spread all over the place um, from foreign entities that ultimately are filtering into grandchildren who I presume have nothing to do with any, any business or any work being done. Um, so I, I think that there's a lot of smoke, but I don't think there's yet a critical mass that produces fire. As now, of yet. As, as of, of it, yet. It may change. It may and, change. But and, just Kevin, if this were, went to court tomorrow and it's Judge Dodd, again, I mean, a lot of smoke, but I just think some people are jumping. We, they, they just, as of yet have not produced a smoking gun that says this is the linchpin that ties it. Well, and, and this to the little bit more point on that. So Kevin McCarthy announces there's going to be an impeachment inquiry. Well, they've already been doing that essentially, but now this yeah. is a formal inquiry. So they're not going to, in an actual impeachment hearing. Right. Good point. That goes before the House, and based upon evidence, the, the House would have to impeach. And then, obviously, the case would go over to the Senate for a trial. We're not at the point where uh, the House of Representatives is ready to have an impeachment hearing, where all, all the 435 members of the House vote on whether um, the president should be impeached. This is just announcing that there's going to be an inquiry. Yep. So that gets a media headline. And, you know, uh, depending on your news source, you might hear people might hear, oh, you know, House is moving to impeach um, Joe Biden. No, they're not. Not yet. They're just right. doing an inquiry. It's almost like a grand jury. Sure. Uh, it's not yet ripe for presentation to the full House for an actual impeachment yep. um, vote, let's say. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal analyst, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on The John DePietro Show. Remember to follow The John DePietro Show on YouTube. It's John DePietro Show on YouTube. Subscribe, which means you get notified whenever we post new videos. You find original content, video you can't find anywhere else. Subscribe today. It's free. It's the YouTube channel of The John DePietro Show. You need a good plumber? I found the best plumber, JMB Plumbing. Call them today. All your plumbing needs. 401 743 9153. JMB Plumbing. They've been providing plumbing services for years. Skilled professionals stand behind their work. Guarantee you will be happy. Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a, a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401 743 9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today. 401-743-9153, JMB Plumbing, and look for them on Facebook. We're speaking with our legal analyst attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, uh, President Trump's out on the campaign trail. Let's just start off with that, this segment. But um, he sat down, now he's agreed to do Meet the Press with uh, Kristen Welker, formerly of Channel 6, now the new moderator of Meet the Press believe it's taped 
But anyhow, he did sit down with Megyn Kelly. And as, as much as they're convincing him to do these interviews, I sent you the link of he starts talking about the documents. And, and Megyn Kelly, what's interesting is I don't remember whether or not she's an attorney, but she starts getting into about, but you received a subpoena. And the president said, I didn't know that. And then said, I didn't know that. And then he goes back to the talking point of I'm the president. I, I just want to check in and just get your thoughts that, um, that I, I um, just something tells me these interviews are not helping this court case he has coming up regarding the documents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can't keep his mouth shut about yeah. these things. I mean, he's going on with. Um, now he's not under oath. He's not no, under oath. But, you know, Megyn Kelly is an attorney and yeah. she was trying to okay. tune him up. And the other individual who moderated that um, uh, town meeting on CNN, where um, she was not behaving kindly. I think President Trump said, You're a really nasty person. Yes. And in the, con- the context of that, televised event for which CNN was criticized. So, you know, she, when interviewing Trump now, is going to try to up her bona fides with the liberal media and really go after Trump and try to get some headlines. As far as this Megyn Kelly thing goes, if if you read some of the print reports, it's going to say, you know, Megyn Kelly asked, you know, the president, well, Um, it's kind of taken out of context when, when you look at it because she says, you know, you've got these documents and your attorneys say everything has been produced. And on your behalf, people say that everything has been produced. A subpoena is issued and the feds find more material that would be responsive to the subpoena. And she says, you know that when you're served with a subpoena, you have an obligation to provide the subpoenaed information. Trump says, I know this. I don't know this. But what, and the, the media is trying to spin it that he's saying two things like John Kerry used to do, but it, right. he's not. What he was saying is, I know there's an obligation to respond to a subpoena. But then he says, I don't know that, meaning I don't know if I'm obligated to produce it because he goes on to say, the rest of the, if you were quoting him, he says, I don't know that because I've got the right to keep this stuff. You know, he needs referring to the presidential document statute. So he's in one sentence saying, I know there's an obligation to respond to a subpoena, but I don't know that meaning if I have to, which controls the subpoena or the presidential records act. So he didn't say it clearly, but if you listen to the whole thing, um, I think it's what he was trying to say. But once again, if I was his attorney, uh, I'd be ready to jump off a bridge because either the guy won't listen or his legal team is telling him, yeah, yeah, do these interviews. You're doing a great job. Either way. I think every time he does one of these things, he digs himself a hole. Um, and Tim Dodd, the, these interviews could be you. You tell me could be used in court. Oh sure, they they could yeah. run any of this stuff. Um, it's um, I, I I just don't see that he's helping himself. I mean, he should be out there pounding on how good what, the things that he thinks were successes of his administration. Sure. And when interviewers veer into this criminal stuff, my lawyers have told me although I expect to be fully vindicated that I should not discuss the facts and the subject and the law of this case. Next question. Sure. And just move on. Yeah. Um, We're going to move on. Tim Dodd, there's a widely publicized, actually became national news with uh, there's a situation with a, a wedding in Newport. And then afterwards, some of the guests go go out and now Newport it's, it's, it's a one o'clock town, but you, you can't get into, a drinking establishment. In this case, it's the landing, but any of them at Bowen's War past 1230, 1245 is last call. Um, so 
a, a group of people that have been out, apparently some of them go in and then, you know, the stragglers because they're coming from somewhere else. They're seeming seemingly highly intoxicated, but they get into a problem at the entrance to the landing because the bouncer security, there's people at the door checking out, say, no, I'm sorry. You know, it's past 1230. We're, you know, it is true. We're closing at one, but you can't tell like you stroll in it at uh, 12.59 and say, I'll, you know, have a shot. So they contact, from my understanding, the Newport police, and then it ensues to a melee, and then there's there's a lot of video on it, and Newport police actually released their body cam video that, on, on Monday. But I, I'd like to just hear your thoughts on some of the legalities here, where, where you see some of the guests, granted the police and the attorney general's looking into it, um, they definitely punching some of the uh, members of this this wedding group but but you see people punching the police kicking the police and then even a female several times going for one of you know the gun of one of the police officers yes it, you know there's many times that videos of contact between police using what could be perceived as excessive force with different people who are under arrest or are being attempted to be put under arrest. doesn't always show the cops in the best light. But when you really look at the video, after the first blush of seeing this, you know, very violent um, physical confrontation, this case, I think, is of assistance to the police in terms of their conduct and I would urge your listeners to seek out the video if they haven't already seen it, uh, because it really does tell the story. Um, you're right. This was, I guess, uh, the tail end of a wedding. Uh, this group of folks wants to go into this establishment. The guy at the door, the bouncer, if you will, says, sorry, you can't come in. The bouncer gets into an argument with one of the male individuals trying to get in and allegedly the male punches the uh, bouncer um, cops are contacted cops show up now there's more of these wedding guests than there are cops the cops are outnumbered yeah and there's a lot of shoving and yelling and, and bad language <clears throat> but one of the cops is trying to keep these folks from gaining access um, there's one woman in particular with sort of a orange or, or rust yes, colored the dress. dress. The orange wow. dress. She kick, tries to kick the cop. Yeah. Um, the cop then is uh, dealing with a different individual and um, she kicks him from behind. He eventually turns and forcefully pushes her away, which I think was completely warranted. Um, she thereafter, in another opportunity, kicks him in the groin, um, which, you know, uh, who thinks they can do this to cops? I mean, I guess yeah. there's been so much video out there, you know, with the media telling people that cops use excessive force and you can resist arrest. As you and I have said many times, all of these incidents start with people resisting arrest or resisting yeah. orders from cops. So we got the we got the orange dress woman trying to kick the cop from behind, kick him in the groin, kicking him where it hurts, and um, really um, exacerbating the situation. So now one of the males comes to her aid and starts to have a scuffle with the cop. Um, my understanding. It hasn't been widely reported yet, but one of the officers uh, sustained a broken nose in this um, confrontation. But another woman then comes to aid, or I think it was her husband who was tussling with the cop. She attacks the cop from behind. She's pushed back. She comes back, and you can see on the video what appears to be, allegedly, her trying on at least two occasions to grab the cop's gun unsuccessfully. Yeah. How? Now, when that's happening, that's oh. a serious situation. So that cop turns around. He doesn't know if it's a man or a woman, but somebody's trying to grab his gun, slugs her, <laughs> drops, yep. drops her to the pavement in one shot. She appears to be passed out unconscious. And 
thereafter, the, the situation slowly subsides. So these people are all amongst the charges. They're all getting charged with assault on a police officer, simple assault, and it could be upgraded to felony assault, uh, resisting arrest, obstructing a police officer in the execution of his or her duty, disorderly conduct. And there could be further charges. I believe there's also a charge that's available if you attempt to um, get a get a pistol, get a weapon from a police while he's on oh. duty. So wow. these people have um, behaved in a very, very foolish, uh, it could have been much worse for them. It really could have in terms of um, how the cops were controlling that scene. Um, I don't see that um, at this juncture, there's going to be any good defense or any, or any sustainable allegation of excessive force by the police. Now, the department, John, has to check this out. These officers will likely be put on desk duty, so they'll be paid, but they're going to be put on administrative duty while this is investigated. Um, you know, videos are funny things. Um, recall with uh, Officer Lugo, at first blush, yeah. it looks like he, he um, was the aggressor in punching his political opponent, but a more careful look at that video right. essentially was utilized by his attorney to vindicate him and he was ultimately found not guilty. So videos have to be parsed carefully and looked at carefully, but I've watched the video uh, at least a dozen times and I think the cops are going to be okay on this one. And how, um, I'm just curious, Tim Dodd, also, how do you think a judge is going to react to this in what type of deal-making uh, mood will prosecutors be in a situation like this? Well, every criminal case has normally some flexibility in terms of sure. a plea bargain. So in something like this, you know, maybe they'd knock out the resisting, maybe they'd knock out the disorderly and wind up with a plea to, on the assault of a police officer and obstruction a lot of the negotiation depends on whether any of these defendants has a prior criminal record or if okay. they come before the court with a clean record. That has a big influence on what sort of plea bargain would be offered to them. Um, might one or more of these people want to take the case to trial and you know look at the video like we look at all these videos? You know, videos can mean whatever you want them to mean if you slow them down and you look carefully enough. The same thing was true with Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean, the video yes. at first you would think oh, that's going to doom him, but his attorneys took pains to go through that almost frame by frame. And ultimately that video, which at first blush would seem to doom Kyle Rittenhouse, ultimately right. vindicated him. Yeah. Folks, quick break. If it's where I had legal analyst attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro <laughs> show. Men, women. You're experiencing hair loss? Well, call Scalp Masters. The micropigmentation, call Michael. Free consultation, 401-867-1097. They're located right in Cranston. What is the service for men and women that are experiencing hair loss or thinning of the hair? Michael is very dedicated. You can also check out their website. It's scalpmastersri.com. And it's very simple. You're going to look younger it helps add density to existing long hair or hair transplants they can conceal hide hair transplant scars it's non-invasive it's cosmetic it's scalp masters call for your free consultation 401-867-1097 you're going to feel better you're going to feel better about yourself look more like your old self call scalp masters take advantage of that free consultation call michael 401-867-1097 men women experiencing hair loss or maybe just want more density call them 401-867-1097 we're speaking with our legal uh, analyst it's attorney tim dot tim back in april member of the pc friars alan breed he was uh, arrested detained for the weekend providence police station pulled a gun on a girlfriend they never found the gun she then almost immediately, seemingly stopped cooperating. 
now we find out that the case has been dismissed. I'm just curious some of your thoughts. Uh, his attorney, Bill Lynch, said uh, none of this would have happened if this were not a uh, person of color that plays for the PC Friars. And since then, he had to leave the school and enter the transfer portal and so forth. But what, what do we make of that the, the case has now been essentially dismissed? Well, uh, I think Bill Lynch um, gives great sound bites, and this is one of his best. I think he's correct. Um, he did a good job for his client. I, I do think if he was not a young black male playing basketball for PC, this would have never been a news story. The, the thing didn't make sense from the get-go. Um, he's a basketball player at PC. I believe the alleged victim um, was a 33-year-old woman who moved from Los Angeles to Providence yeah. to follow they met this on guy. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of odd. Now, she claims there was a confrontation where he shows up at her apartment with a, with a firearm, with a pistol, with a weapon, and um, uh, uh, threats are made, um, right. gun is waved around, she goes to the cops, he gets arrested, he gets hell without bail, and ultimately the, the gun is not found, and her story... Um, that she made to the police essentially disintegrates because it doesn't hold up almost immediately when now the cops are questioning and uh, Bill Lynch is questioning the fact that her story is full of holes. There's no weapon. It's never been found. Um, she stops cooperating with the police. So she must've sought out legal counsel who said, as, as often should be the case, keep your mouth shut. Don't make this any worse. So she kept her mouth shut. She didn't make it any worse. Uh, she didn't dig herself a bigger hole where she could potentially get charged with filing a false police report or things of that nature. So without a cooperating witness, the state has no choice but to dismiss a case like this. Okay. Um, it should have been dismissed a long time ago uh, because it, the case was never going to get any better with a complaining witness who seemed to be as unreliable and... Um, her motivation, et cetera, seemed to be questionable from the get-go. So it's an unfortunate thing for uh, Alan Breed. Uh, it affects his basketball career. It affects his education. Um, all because this got overblown in the first instance, and PC probably overreacted. You know, this, this guy, even when he was arrested, like anyone else, should have been cloaked with the presumption of innocence and the uh, case should have been allowed to, to play itself out before he had to enter the transfer portal and have all this negative publicity, some of which came directly from PC, I believe. I want to just respectfully push back a little bit, Tim Dodd. Uh, many times with domestics, you would agree. Many times the victims recant afterwards realize you know it's causing some of the damage and also say this about bill lynch i cover a lot of cases uh i don't think he would be representing this particular individual if he were not a player for the bc basketball team just the the, the complaint itself was you know, a male barged in took the victim's car and keys and also brandished a handgun regardless of being a pc player the police would have investigated that so the media side is what i'm saying the charges had she not recanted seem to be seem to be real well they seem to be real except within like 24 hours of the sure. alleged incident her story was falling apart and she had stopped right. cooperating which should have yep. tipped off everyone involved that this is um probably probably not a legitimate case there are many sure. cases of domestic violence where weapons are involved that are completely legitimate but this okay. one seems to have shaken out to be a false claim from very early on tim dodd earlier we mentioned uh, officer lugo in regards to videotape he has found himself back in the news well we had discussed that but i'm just curious your thought i believe the chief has said he's he's now uh got like a uh, the six months attached to this has to do with the apparently he fell asleep on a duty on a excuse me uh, on a call not a call but while working and 
and on a detail, excuse me, and then um, it was videotaped. Yes. Yeah, so he allegedly fell asleep. I think he was in his cruiser while on a detail. Yeah. And, you know, there's certain elements, certainly inside and outside of the police department, which would like to um, maybe get even with him. Maybe, you know, everything is videoed these days. Any bad conduct out there is going to be on somebody's um, 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 phone being videoed. But Lugo, I think, didn't get a bad disposition here. He gets, uh, he stays on the job. He keeps working. He keeps getting paid. He's on probation for six months. So, you know, if he does anything else within that six-month probationary period, he could be subject to further discipline or suspension or potential termination. Now, this is the result that uh, Chief Perez announced. Um, certainly, this was this topic of a Leobor hearing, and the chief is not at liberty to discuss what happened at that hearing, what the quality of the evidence was. But at the end of the day, um, the decision of that Leobor uh, hearing board, um, I presume, recommended the six-month suspension based upon the evidence they heard, and that concludes that case. But Lugo got very lucky that he was found not guilty, and um, now this is another little dust-up. Uh, he, he, he's got to be careful going forward because... Like a, like Seems a cat. to be on thin ice. Yeah. How many lives does he have yeah. within the department before they're going to get him? He's He better straighten up. Two more quick stories. Tim Dodd, what are we to make of in New Mexico where because of there was a shooting of a child and the governor instituted a 30-day ban on open carry? It's outrageously unconstitutional. <laughs> it's astonishingly unconstitutional. Um there's already been a court ruling that it was astonishingly, astonishingly unconstitutional. You can't, as a governor, um, take away the entire city of Albuquerque's constitutional rights under the Second Amendment. You just can't do it. Now, she says, well, I'm going to do anything I have to do to protect the citizens of Albuquerque because there's just too much violence. Well, that's nice. Bring on more cops. You can do a curfew, you can do lots of things, but you can't abridge people's Second Amendment rights to bear arms if they're properly licensed, et cetera, um, and just do it on your own executive order. And it was a 30-day ban on open carry and concealed firearms. And after the court ruled that this was grossly unconstitutional, the governor was essentially defiant, saying, I'm still going to do anything I've got to do to protect the citizens of um, New Mexico and of Albuquerque in particular. Um, I believe even the state um, attorney general said, I'm not enforcing this one. This is unconstitutional. So, I mean, maybe the governor's scoring political points, but either she doesn't know the law or she's so arrogant she doesn't care what the law is, or she doesn't care what the Constitution says. Either way, it's, to me, uh, she should be embarrassed for herself. How is it, though, in Rhode Island you can't open carry? Certainly, you know, Massachusetts you can't do that. New York you can't. How, how is every it, though? State, that... Well, every state is different, so okay. I'm not intimately familiar with New Mexico law, but sure. if, they, if they have an open carry um, law within that state, she can't override that on her own whim or her own executive order and take that right away um, and say you just can't carry because that abridges your Second Amendment rights to the yep. effect that they are regulated by the state. You're right. Every state is different yeah. in terms of their handgun legislation, but she can't unilaterally override the state law as well as the United States Constitution. It's crazy. Finally, Tim Dodd, you and I, we covered the Alex Jones case regarding Sandy Hook. Boy, talk about someone, the nine lives just pushes it to the limit. Apparently, $1.5 billion was the settlement. The families have not received a penny, and he's just been on a spending spree all summer. Well, yes, he has. And there's federal bankruptcy laws, and every state also has some 
state laws. And I, I can't tell you I'm that familiar with, I believe he filed his bankruptcy in Texas. Yep. Um, what the uh, ins and outs of Texas law might be and, you know, as well as bankruptcy law, but he's got an enormous judgment against him. He's on appeal, but there's still a judgment against him. Now, the family of the Sandy Hook victims through their attorneys are saying, this guy is living lavishly. Um, the court should appoint a trustee to oversee his expenses. He's spending like, I believe it's $850 a week going out to restaurants. He alleges that he's got a prenuptial agreement with his wife that obligates him to pay her $15,000 per month. Um, the family's saying that that's, that's a fraudulent transfer of assets from one insider, Alex Jones, to another insider, his wife. Um, that's for the bankruptcy court to determine. I mean, when you're in bankruptcy um, court, you do have the right to drive a car and sure. buy food at a grocery store or do other things. Ultimately, it's going to be a question of what assets does he have available to pay these creditors? He, he claims that, I, I think he's makes a little over a million dollars a year, plus he makes money from selling vitamin supplements and yeah. other, other crap that he sells on his website. But um, that's really for the bankruptcy court to step in and oversee whether or not this guy is spending money legitimately, you know, if it's a way to launder money to get some of it back or whether the lifestyle that he's attempting to continue living um, is at odds with what he owes and how much of the money that's owed because he's got so many fractured business entities. Yeah. How much are owed? How much of the judgments are against his business entities versus himself? I mean, it's a real quagmire mm. of where the responsible dollars are supposed to come from to pay these families. Um, but I would expect, with the publicity that's being generated right now, the bankruptcy court's going to have to step in and do something to at least appear to regulate how this guy's spending money. Folks, he is our legal analyst attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, excellent job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. The Beer and Dynamite Fundraiser, coming up September 22nd from 5 to 9. Entertainment by Fixed Income. Tickets are just $20. All goes to a great cause. Help Ron McKenzie with continued treatment and recovery. Suffered that brain injury back cardiac arrest 2020 proceeds benefiting his treatment at the apex brain center in north carolina for tickets donations more information contact sue mckenzie at 401-487-4136 it's all happening the italian working men's club 947 diamond hill road it's coming up september 22nd beer and dynamite fundraiser help our friend ron mckenzie again more information tickets contact 401-487-4136 you're listening to the john DePietro show so what's the number one song in the nation it's this one and so many people relate to it and there's remixes of it and it doesn't also necessarily uh, I know it's big in Republican circles, but it's actually big in a lot of circles. And it's this Rich Men North of Richmond by Oliver Anthony. And it is just amazing the traction that this song has. So, working all day, overtime hours, for bullish hay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away. And this is the, the world's clean radio version. People like me, people like you, wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is. Living in the new world. With an old soul. These rich men know the rich men. Lord knows it all. Just want to have total control. 
Look out for miners, and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the whole beast milk and welfare. What the world's gotten to For people like me For people like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is All it is Living in the new world With an old soul These rich men know the rich men Lord knows they all Just want to have total control Number one song in the country, Oliver Anthony. Amazing. In the video that he did of that song, it's it's really raw. <laughs> Just him and his dog. <clears throat> but this uh, this man and his song has rocketed. That was also the first question of the Republican debate. They asked all the people on stage about that song. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck, or maybe sit in the dining room, delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're going to love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food, and also the great staff. I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Make sure to find the John DePietro Show Facebook page, and you can watch all the action on the scene live stream. Follow it all, real-time, live stream. Just follow John DePietro Show right there on the Facebook page. 